the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6, and this is the main verse we've been using as a part of this portion of the series, this very important statement is given to us from the writer of Hebrews, the wise writer says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Notice that there's a commandment given to parents, and that is this, direct your children not just onto any path, but onto the the right path. It's our job as parents to know what the right path is and then to do our job the best as we can to direct our children in that regard. And then the promise is there when they're older, they will not leave it. That's not guaranteed that every child is going to do everything that you want them to do, but you have a greater opportunity to direct them if you invest in them wisely, invest in them the right way. I'm going to read this to you from the Passion Translation. Listen as I read. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Again, we see this this call, dedicate your children to God. Why is that important? Because we have to remember that our children really do not belong to us. They actually belong to God. And so we are given the responsibility for a period of time to steward them, to take care of them, to provide for them. But they really belong to God. And so we are to dedicate our children to God and then again point them in the way they should go. And the promise again in this particular translation says the value they've learned from you will be with them for life. You can count on the fact that what you impart to them can make a difference in the way that they actually live their lives. So far in this portion of this series, we've been talking about some of the principles that allow us to point our children in the right way. We talked about knowing the goal of parenting. You can't parent well unless you know what parenting is all about and how God has called you to parent and what the goal of parenting is. What's the bullseye of being a parent? We talked about the importance of addressing and improving your parenting style. Every parent has a style. You need to know what your style is and adjust your style so it reflects the style of the Heavenly Father. We talked about last weekend developing a relationship with your children that rules without relationships create rebellion. And so you need to have relationship with your child and and the value of that. We talked about affirmation, how to do that with your children, how to do that in any relationship. And we talked about the engagement process, how you stay engaged with your child. Today, I want to share with you two more principles. How do you point your child in the way that they should go? And the first thing I'd like to share with you today is this truth. You've got to take time to teach your children. I think sometimes when it comes to teaching, we have this tendency to relegate that, delegate that to the school system or the community around us. But I want to remind you today, if you're a parent, you're called to be a teacher. Every parent is called to teach their child. In Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, we find these words. And while they're addressed to children, they give us information about what we're to do as parents. 
Listen to what it says. Pay close attention, my child. So it's again talking to children. To your father's wise words and never, never forget your mother's instruction. What should a father have? Some wise what? Words. And what should a mother give? And mothers are very good at that, aren't they? Okay. And every child needs to learn to listen, and fathers need to learn to speak wise words into the lives of their children, and their mothers give instruction. It goes on to say here, you'll see the promise associated with with this, for their insight, the insight of your father, the insight of your mother, will bring you what? Success. If you pay attention, if you get insight from your father, insight from your mother, you're going to be successful, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decision. Every parent is called to be a teacher. The best person to teach your children is not to delegate that out to someone else. It is your responsibility as a parent to do so. And there's certain things that you're responsible for teaching your children. I'm going to share with you 11 things that you are responsible for teaching your child. Actually, there's going to be 12. The last one is not on your notes. I'm going to give it to you and not even charge you for it today, okay? It's going to be free of charge. There'll be an additional one you'll add to your notes here in just a moment. What are these 11 things first that we'll look at? The first thing you need to teach your children would be moral and ethical principles and values. What is right morally and ethically? What are the principles to live by? In other words, we might say it this way. What is right and what is wrong. Second of all, you need to teach them life priorities and values. What's really important in life? Your children are not going to know what's important unless you show them and tell them what's important. What's what really matters and what doesn't matter. See, for a lot of kids are growing up with false expectations about what's really important. But a good parent steps back and says, child, let me show you what's really, really important in life. Some things are important and some things are not. Some things are valuable and some things are not. And pointing them to eternal priorities and eternal values. Those things that far outlast what we see and experience here on earth. The next one is to teach them respect for and responsiveness to authority. Where do kids learn respect first and foremost? They're to learn it where in the home. One of the problems with our culture today is that we have a very disrespectful culture. The words that we use toward one another, the language, the style, the approach that we have with people today oftentimes is very rough and profane and very hard and difficult. The place where real respect is taught is in the home. You need to teach your children the respect and responsiveness to authority. If they don't learn it in the home, it will be violated beyond the home and the boundaries of the society around us. The next thing that is vital to teach your child would be what I would call life skills. This is sort of a general category. I'm going to break it down in the next several ones that I will provide for you and some specific life skills that you need, but they need to know how to live life, okay? How do you live life? What are some skills that will help me to be successful in life? And one of those skills is primary is to learn how to manage one's time and manage one's money. You know, it's your responsibility as a parent to teach your child how to manage their time and how to manage their money. The next life skill is decision-making skills, how to make good decisions, how to weigh pros and cons, and how to invite God into the decision-making processes of your life and understand the consequences of decisions that you make and the impact that it has upon your life and people around you and understand decision-making skills. It is vital that you help your child understand something about that. Then work ethic. Children need to understand that work creates success. Amen? 
Real work is what produces success. And your child needs to understand that if I will invest myself in healthy work and healthy, diligent labor, then there'll be a reward for me. God has set it up that way. And so they learn the importance, the value of some kind of work ethic in their life. Another life skill is this skill of spiritual, mental, and emotional health principles and practices. How do I stay spiritually healthy? How do I stay mentally healthy? How do I stay emotionally healthy? And so training our children in how to handle their emotions, how to handle their relationship with God, how to handle their thought processes, how to adjust the way that they think so that they're thinking in a healthy manner. Who's going to teach them that kind of thing? It is the parent's responsibility to be engaged in the process of training and teaching this. We're not perfect at it, but it is our responsibility. Then communication and relationship skills. Your children need to understand how to communicate, how to relate. And I'm telling you, this starts at a very early age. You take a two-year-old, they need to understand something about relationship skills even. And then also another skill is conflict resolution skills. What do I do when I have a conflict with another person? And it's not appropriate. If, if Johnny takes my, my toy away from me, it's not appropriate for me to grab a baseball bat and hit Johnny upside his head, okay? I've got to resolve things differently. I have to manage things differently. I have to work things out with other people. And so you teach and you train these kind of things in your children. And then, of course, attitude development and attitude management. To help your child understand that attitude will take you to your altitude. And your altitude in life is determined by your attitude in life. And to help them to adjust attitudes in such a way that their attitude will take them to the highest levels of living that God ordained for them to live in. There's one more I told you that I will give you. It's not on your notes, but this is the, but the most important thing that you will ever teach your child is the importance of a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. There's nothing... Not a single one of the things that I've just mentioned to you, not a single one of them will have a greater impact upon your child's life than to teach them the value of having a personal relationship with God. And the best way that they will learn that is by seeing you having a personal relationship with God and the value that that has in your life will make an impact upon their life as well. So parents must teach these things to their children. You are the best teacher that your child will ever have. And it's God's assignment to you as a parent to be a teacher to your children. The second thing I want to talk to you about for the next few moments is this extremely important principle. If you're going to guide your children in the right way, you have to establish boundaries and provide discipline to them. What is a boundary? A boundary really is a mark between what is appropriately area of freedom and where you step beyond something that goes outside of your realm of freedom. The boundary at your house is... You, you, your, your property line, that's your boundary. You, you can do the stuff you need to do within that realm, but if you cross that line, you're in your neighbor's world, okay? You've now crossed a boundary. When it comes to moral things in life, there are boundaries that say this is right, and you step over the line, it becomes wrong. And so there are boundaries of behavior, boundaries of attitude. And so boundaries are reinforced by discipline. The way that people stay within boundaries is they realize that if I step outside of a boundary, there are going to be some consequences that I'm going to face. I want to talk about something before I get into the specifics of this today and help you to understand something about boundaries and discipline. A lot of times in our culture, we have this tendency, and I think it's presented sometimes this way, to dichotomize love and discipline. Well, I'm just going to love my child. I don't really need to discipline them. They know, discipline's too harsh. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that word. And so I'm just going to, my child will turn out fine as long as I just love them. Okay. I'll tell you this. According to the Bible, love and discipline are not two separate concepts. They go together. Okay. If you don't discipline your children, you don't love your children. 
because real love is connected to discipline. They're not two separate coins. They're two sides of the same coin. Because I think our world tends to have this mindset that love and discipline, all your child needs is love. No, not all your child doesn't just need is a bunch of affirmation. Sometimes they need, they need some discipline in their life. Amen? Okay. And the discipline, is, as we're going to see, is something that brings training. And so we've got to break this, this mentality that love and discipline are separate, opposite sorts of things. No, they're two sides of the same coin. Let me read you a passage of Scripture that illustrates this. I'm going to walk you through it. And the latter part of it is where I'm going to really emphasize, but I need to read all of it to bring you up to the point that I want to take some time with today. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12. It reflects on God's relationship with us and then what we learn about that in our relationship with our kids. Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 5, reading from the Passion Translation. And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child. So he's talking to us as his children. Don't underestimate the value, value of discipline and training of the Lord, okay? The Lord God will get depressed when he has to correct you. Don't get all upset when God begins to discipline you in some way. Don't let that happen to you. For the Lord's training for your life is evidence of His, what is it evidence of? So are you seeing that love and discipline are not two, two different things? They go together, okay? For the Lord's training or discipline of your life is the evidence of His faithful love. And when He draws you to Himself, it proves you are His delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For He is doing what, what any loving father does for His children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves that we are strangers and not sons. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for the, sh- for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them, but God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share in his holiness." Now, all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time, yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. This is the part of the passage I want you to pay very close attention to. All these other verses have pointed us to the fact that the Heavenly Father corrects us. He does so because He loves us. Now we get to the end of this section of Scripture, and it gives us an understanding of why God disciplines us, why He corrects us. Now, all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time. That's what it feels like, that when you're going through a tough thing of discipline, it seems to hurt at the moment. It doesn't seem very pleasurable. Yet, discipline, this whole thing of discipline, it produces something. It produces a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Here's my question for you, parent, today. Do you want your child to have transformed character so that their character reflects the character of God? Do you? Okay. Do you want your child to experience a harvest of righteousness in their life? Do you want your child to experience peace? Of course you do. 
We want our child to be transformed, their character transformed. We want them to live the right way, to make right choices, to do right things. We want them to find and live in peace in their lives. And the Bible says that part of our role as parents involves the discipline that produces this kind of thing in their life. It doesn't guarantee that every child is going to respond to it or listen to it, but it does set them up potentially for success, righteousness, character, and peace. Notice Ephesians chapter 6 laying the scriptural foundation for this. We're going to get into some very practical things in just a moment. Children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. Honor your father and mother. This is the first of God's Ten Commandments that ends with a promise. Actually, it's the commandment that God gives. There's a promise. Here's the promise. This is the promise. If you honor your father and mother, yours will be a long life full of blessing. All you young folks today ought to pay close attention to that, all right? And now a word to, are you with me? Now a word to who? All those other verses we just read were to the kids, all right? Now a word to you parents. Don't keep on scolding and nagging your children, make them, making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up with the loving discipline the Lord himself approves with suggestions and godly advice. So he says, now here's your job as a parent. Bring up your kids with the loving discipline God approves of with the suggestions and godly advice that you will add to their life. That is, be engaged in a disciplinary process with their life. Colossians chapter 3. Notice again, we're setting up the biblical foundation for this. Let the children respect and pay attention to their parents and everything for this pleases our Lord Jesus and fathers don't have unrealistic expectations for your children or else they may become discouraged. So we see the balancing aspect of expecting proper respect and obedience and making sure that we're handling our discipline in a loving manner. So what do we learn from this? I'm going to share with you today 10 guidelines for parental discipline. These are things that I hope you'll listen to and begin to practice in your family. Let me say something before we get into them. Number one, you need to know age-appropriate attitudes and behavior and be realistic. You can't discipline if you don't know what the age-appropriate attitudes and behavior needs to be and be realistic about it. You can't expect a 2-year-old to do what a 10-year-old does, and you don't want a 10-year-old to do what a 2-year-old does. You've got to be aware of the age of your children and what's appropriate for them at their age. When a child gets to be into their late elementary age, uh, age levels and heading into middle school and high school, there's some things you expect of them that you didn't expect of them at preschool. And so you begin to make adjustments based upon where they are in their age and maturity process. All right? The second thing that you do, here's key to discipline. Create a structured home environment with clear and minimal important rules. I want you to circle two words on your notes. Clear and Minimal. I'm going to come back to the word clear in just a moment. Here's the word I'm going to talk most about right now. If you want good discipline in your family, you need to have clear rules, yes, but also minimal rules. What I mean by that is this. Don't have a thousand different rules in your house. Your kids can't remember them, okay? Minimal, important rules. And then make sure the attitudes and behavior boundaries are clear. Make sure that they understand what the rules are. What you might need to do, especially with younger children, is to sit them down and say, okay, mommy and daddy want to take a moment and remind you of what the rules are. Here are our top three, five rules in our family. What are they again? Let's go over them again. Do you remember? Get a big poster and put them on the refrigerator somewhere where you can go over them with your kids. You can remind them, here are the rules of our household. And also remember that those rules are going to change as your children get older. As they, get, as they mature, you're going to change that over time. But you need to make it very, very clear so they know where the boundaries are. This is appropriate and this is inappropriate. This is right. This is now going to be considered wrong and make it clear, as clear as you possibly can. Minimal and clear, right? 
The next thing that's necessary is predetermined, personalized, meaningful, appropriate consequences for violating the attitude and behavior boundaries. There's a lot of words there, but every one of these words are important. Okay? I can't go through all of them right now, but I'm going to give you the basic word that I want you to remember, predetermined. Predetermined, the consequences. What you want to do is once you've established the boundaries, what's right and what's wrong, what's acceptable and unacceptable in your house, minimal rules, very, very clear, then you also at that time communicate to them what the consequences are going to be. Why is this important? This is important because it takes the heat out of the moment when they violate the boundary, okay? If you've had the conversation with them before, by the way, son, the next time you're playing with your brother and you don't share your toys with them, just be aware of the fact that it's a rule here in our house that we share our toys with one another. And so if you violate that rule, please know that what mommy and daddy are going to do is we're going to take your toys away from you for the next two hours. Do you understand what's going to happen to you if you do this, right? What's the rule, son? Got to share. What's going to happen if you don't share? You're going to take my toys away, okay? Now, we're going to do that all while everybody's friendly, okay? Everything's good right now, but just be aware of the fact that whenever you violate that boundary, this is the consequence. Why do you do this? Because you help them to see on the front end, they get to make choices about their life, okay? And they have to choose what the consequences are going to be. And so when that happens, when when Johnny doesn't share his toys with his brother, and there's a rule that he ought to be sharing his toys with his brother, you don't have to have some big conversation about it. What do you do then? Well, Johnny, do you remember the consequences? Yeah. You can smile and say, okay, go to your room. You don't have to have a big, big argument. You don't have to have all the drama associated with it. But it simplifies everything in the family. A lot of times we have a lot of drama in the family because we haven't established the consequences of the violation of a boundary ahead of time. And then when the boundary is broken, we say, okay, this is what it is. If you have teenagers, you say, this is your, this is your curfew. If you stay out beyond this curfew... This is what's going to happen to you. These privileges are going to be taken away from you. And then when the child comes home and they violated the curfew, you don't have to have a big argument about it. You say, hand me the keys. You can smile about it. Okay. Not a big argument, but you've established the consequence. This stuff will change your life. It'll change your household. It'll make things a whole lot more peaceful at home. And then consistently enforce consequences when attitude and behavior boundaries are breached. The key phrase here is consistently enforce When your child violates a boundary, here's the thing as a parent. You've got to consistently enforce that. That means every time they do it, they get the consequence. See, if they do something one time and the consequence comes, they do it again, the consequence doesn't come, then they're going to be willing to gamble the next time. You're training behavior. You're training attitudes as well. And then expect expect respectful and quick obedience to parental correction and instruction. That you expect to be respected when you're giving direction. Are you beginning to see that when you begin to do this, that, that life at home becomes much more peaceful than it is and a lot less chaotic? The next thing that is necessary is keep your cool when correcting your child. And then positively reinforce obedience to the rules and respect for the boundaries. What I mean by that is this. Don't just look for when your child is doing wrong. Look for what things they're doing right, okay? And when they're doing right, positively reinforce that. Here's the thing to remember. I'll write, you might want to write this down. Celebration brings replication. What you celebrate gets repeated. 
And so, in the same way that you want to address boundary violations when they're staying within the boundaries, you want to celebrate that with them because what you celebrate is replicated. They're going to continue to do that again. They're, going to, you're, they're celebrated for the right things in their life. The next one that is vital here for us is know when to tighten the rules or the boundaries and when to loosen them. The key phrases here, tighten and loosen. And the next one I'll share with you here, and this is the last one. Understand and explain to your child the relationship between, what are the two words there? Responsibility and what else? Freedom. This is key. Your child needs to go into adulthood understanding the, the connection between these two things. If you want more freedom, you have to be more what? Responsible. If you're irresponsible, you lose your freedom. But it's true in every realm of life that when you, if you want freedom, you want freedom, you've got to be what? Responsible. And so part of what you want to do with your child is over the years, as you're developing, helping him to understand, you know what? There's a relationship between your responsibility and your freedom. The sooner you can learn that the more responsible I am, the more freedom I will have, the better your life will go. It's not just a matter of disciplining them to make them feel bad for bad behavior. In fact, I'll tell you this. I've got to wrap up here. Discipline really is not for, your, for a person's past behavior. That's called punishment, okay? Punishment, you punish people for the bad things they've done. God does not have you in the role of punishing your child. You're called to discipline. Discipline is for future behavior, okay? You see the difference, okay? Punishment is for past behavior. Discipline is for future behavior. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with the promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.